All right, fuckheads, how's everybody doing today? Give me a sec to light this fucking cigarette here. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, shit, I forgot to put my phone on airplane mode this time. There we go. We're on airplane mode now, so I can't be disturbed. So, I hope everybody enjoyed the McQuagmire episode we did there on the weekend. I know the sound quality wasn't that good, but uh, it was the first one like that. He's about 750, 800 kilometers away from me. And uh, it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing to do it up. We were supposed to, I was supposed to do one with Waffle's cousin on Saturday. And I ended up at the hospital with one of my kids till almost friggin' midnight. Apparently it's the vid. But what the fuck isn't the vid anymore? But uh, hopefully I'll be able to get the one with Waffle's cousin done here this weekend coming up. And uh, we're now into November. So, uh, yeah, I got some emails and some messages and some phone calls that the sound quality was really not that good on that one. But I really don't want to have to do what somebody suggested, and that was buy a microphone and start using my laptop. It's just so much easier to just do it all off the phone. So I got to figure out a better way to do it than uh, just that. Because that sound quality I heard was absolutely horrible because I don't fucking listen to my shit. But anyways, I really enjoyed having McQuagmire and Nick on. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. If you couldn't tell me and McQuagmire, we've... Had some good old times. <laughs> so, McQuagmire, thanks again for being on. I, I enjoyed it. I really, really did. Hope you enjoyed it as well. And, uh, I don't know. I don't really know what to give you guys for stories. Um, I'd like to say that I'm running out of stories, but I'm, I'm not. That's so far from the truth. Um... There's so many good friends that I haven't introduced anybody to yet. But I'm kind of getting tired of talking to myself. It's a little bit easier to... Well, it's... Trust me. I enjoy talking to myself. About the only friggin' smart conversation I get. But uh, LL Cool T over there. I can't wait to get in touch with him, him and his beauty of a wife that actually got married out in Newfoundland. Sent me a message here on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night when I was sitting in the hospital with my kid. That they wished me and my wife were there to sit and bullshit with them because they were doing a little bit of mushrooms. That would have been awesome. Just, they got their kids put to bed. They were sitting in the backyard. 
and they each had a gram of mushrooms. Not enough to get fucking twisted up like we used to, but good enough to see the colors. But since I'm talking about LL Cool T and his hottie of a wife, I guess I should talk about the time when I went out to Newfoundland for their wedding. He was born and raised in BC till he moved out to my hometown area. And he grew up around Vernon, Kelowna area, somewhere around there. And she grew up in Newfoundland. And I think they met when she was working in a bar at home, one of my favorite bars. And uh, my mom actually quite thoroughly enjoyed that bar. And I guess LL Cool T walked up to the, my mom the one night in that bar and sat down and was talking to my mom. <laughs> and his now wife, I think they were just girlfriend. I think they just started dating at the time. <laughs> and when LL Coolty got up and walked away, I guess she looked at him and was like, why are you talking to her? She's a prostitute. Well, mm, my mama was a lot of things, but she was never a prostitute. And she may have been a little easy and liked sex, but really, who the fuck doesn't? And she was single, so whatever. Who gives a fuck? We were all no better. But that story is so much funnier when I hear her talk about it. Because still to this day, she gets embarrassed. And she's kind of embarrassed about saying what she said, but whatever. So anyways, we'll talk a little bit about when I flew out to Newfoundland to go out there and be the best man at their wedding. I jumped on the airplane in Edmonton, and I flew direct from Edmonton to, well, it was semi-direct. We had to land at Ottawa, but we didn't have to get off the plane at Ottawa. And then we kicked a few people off, picked up a few people at Ottawa, and then we flew to Halifax. We landed at Halifax at, fuck, I don't know, like 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And that's the beautiful thing about airports, people. You can drink any, all hours of the day. So I got off the plane, went and had breakfast and a beer and another beer and another beer, and then jumped on another plane and flew from Halifax to St. John's, Newfoundland, where I met up with a buddy of mine, named Fat Matt. And we were going to spend a couple of days doing some doing some touristy shit in St. John's because there is a lot of touristy stuff to do there. So we stayed at this kick-ass little old hotel. It was called the Captain's Quarters. And rumors are it's a haunted hotel. and I don't know if it was haunted. I vaguely, vaguely even remember being there. But it was a pretty cool old place. You could actually go up onto the roof of the Captain's Quarters Hotel and overlook the majority of downtown St. John's, Newfoundland. You could see out onto the harbor, and it was fucking cool. 
But then we went down and we checked out Beacon Hill and a couple of things around there. You know, the place where the first tele the beep 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 thing, like Morse code thing, came across from over in the pond. I know I did have some boys from over there listening. The Two Men No Hope podcast. Give them a check. Check them out. They're kind of cool. I was supposed to be a guest on there, but things never did line up for us. But give them a listen. Let them know uh, Northern Boy sent you. And uh, then we went down to George Street, of course. Of course, we had to go to George Street, Newfoundland. I'm sure you've all heard about it if you've never been there. Well, I thought it was a bunch of crap when everybody said, oh, it's packed bar to bar, like wall to wall with bars. Building to building is just bar after bar after bar. Well, I had this thought in my head that I wanted to hit every fucking bar on George Street. Well, Fat Matt was tired. I think he, before he got on the plane, he just got off work. So we went down, we had a couple drinks after we did our touristy stuff at a little bar called Fat Cats, I believe it was. And he wanted to go back to the hotel, but we only had one key for the room. So I went back to the room, let him in, and then I went back down to George Street. Well, I remember going, because I told the boys at Fat Cats I'd be back. So I went back in. I remember having a couple more drinks and then moving on to another bar. And everything got really, really fucking hazy. I vaguely remember meeting up with some locals. And they were showing me around on George Street. I still don't know if I hit every friggin' bar on that street that night or not. But I must have been damn close. But I think I ended up at a house party because the story goes, when I showed back up at the hotel, I had McDonald's and between me and all eight of you that listen, I don't remember seeing a McDonald's the entire time I was in Newfoundland. I know they have them, but I don't remember seeing one, but I guess I woke fat Matt up. And I was throwing French fries at him and just being an obnoxious fucking drunk. Well, I woke up in the morning and there was French fries all over my bed and all over the room. And I don't know how the hell Fat Matt didn't kill me. But we went out and we did some more touristy shit again. And then I think it was that day that Funk showed up. He phoned us and we met up with him. And we went into this strip club. And I really want Funk to get on here because he remembers it a little bit different than I do. But I'll tell you how I remember it. So we walked into this strip club called The Champagne Room. And let me tell you, regardless of what the song says, there is sex in that champagne room. None of us three wanted it. And we are probably three of the greasiest pricks you will ever meet in your life. Or were at that time, anyway. And we walked in, we ordered our beers, and I remember this stripper coming up, and she was a big, big, big black lady. And I don't mean like fat big, I mean like 
makes Brock Les- made Brock Lesnar look like a small guy. And I remember her walking up and grabbing Funk by the balls and saying to Funk, I'll be on stage in a few minutes, big boy, and then you're all mine. Well, I remember me, Funk, and Fat Matt looking at each other and saying, get the beers down, boys. We got to get the fuck out of here. I actually don't think we finished our beers and we left. And then somehow I got the phone call from LL Cool T that he needed me out in the town where they got married a little bit sooner or that was the original plan. I don't fucking remember. And, uh, so I got up and I got on their bus. I can't remember what the hell it was called, but it was like a Greyhound bus. And I rode it all the way out. I think Fat Matt was with me that day. I don't know. Newfoundland was a fucking wild, wild trip. That was the year I met my wife. So, El Cool T and his gorgeous, gorgeous wife. And I'm going to keep saying that because I know it kind of bugs him a little bit. <laughs> but she is pretty hot. They've been married now for... be 17 years next summer. Holy fuck, congrats, guys. But we got out there and we told everybody that uh, Funk was on the island. We'd lost him. And then LL Cool T started telling everybody, he's like, well, he made it to the island. I know exactly how he's going to show up for the wedding. And everybody's like, well, what do you mean? And LL Cool T said, he's going to show up in a pair of shorts and a dirty hoodie. He's going to say, I'm here. Who's got clothes? Then everybody was like, no, there's no way. And LL Cool T was like, yep, it's going to happen. And he'll show up like two hours before the wedding. So we do our thing. We went out and we did some, the wedding party. Um, I was the groomsman. I mean, I was the best man. Uh, his hot wife's brother was one of the groomsmen. And another buddy, Adam was one of the groomsmen and I believe fat Matt was the MC. So we were out doing stuff. I think we went out on a boat and did some tubing, but I don't really remember. A little cool teal have to clarify that for me. I know we went golfing cause I saw pictures and I don't golf. I get drunk and play whack fuck. Oh, that brings back other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, drunk playing whack fuck. But anyways, let's uh, fast forward till the day of the wedding. Uh, we're all getting dressed up and ready for the wedding. And uh, guess who shows up down at the end of the driveway of LL Cool T's wife's parents' place? But Mr. Funk walks up the driveway looks at somebody that was there and says, where's LL Cool T? And whoever it was that he asked looked right at him and said, you must be Funk. And he said, why? And then this person said, because you got a pair of shorts on and a dirty wife beater and you look like hell. 
So I think it was Fat Matt took him back to our room, lent him some clothes, came back up, and we did the wedding. And I don't know, if you're not from Canada or you've never heard of being screeched in out there, it's a pretty cool thing. Um, they make you kiss a cod, drink a shot of screech, which is probably the most horrid, horrid fucking rum on the face of this planet. So they've got all of us Albertans up there and, uh, we're, they're screeching us in and they made us kiss the cod and the guy that's up there, he's, I think he was wearing a yellow rain jacket and a fisherman's hat and all that made us kiss the cause and he come back through and he's given us all our shots of screech. Well, I was pretty gassed up by this time cause we're at the reception and I don't think I stopped drinking all day. I think I had one when I first got up and I think I had one right after the ceremony was finished. Oh, but that was something I've never seen at a wedding and I have, I've done every part of a wedding there is except for physically marrying the people that a guy can do. I've been groomsman, I've been usher, I've been head usher, I've been best man, I've emceed, I've, I've fucking done it all. And I'm standing there and I was worried about LL Cool T that he was going to pass out because it was my first time as best man. And I looked over and his... His beautiful wife is, she, she starts to tear up a little bit and she gets a tear rolls down her eye. And LL Cool T, he just playing it cool, <laughs> reaches out, wipes the tear away from her. That was a pretty cool memory. <laughs> and then afterwards, we're doing pictures and the photographer asked, he says, who's the best man? Because we did these pictures of holding her up, well, all the groomsmen. And he says, well, I want the best man down at her feet. And she was wearing this great big puffy, puffy dress, like 85 friggin' layers to it. And he's like, you're the best man. You need to, right when I'm about to tell, when I'm about to take the picture, lift up a couple layers of the dress and look under. So, of course, I did it. Well, she totally missed it until the pictures were coming. And I guess she loved that picture when she saw that. <laughs> but we're standing up there and they're handing out the screech. And I'm pretty gassed up while the shot hits my hand. First thing I do is down hatch it goes. He was pouring the one for the guy next to me and Dave, stop. Comes back over, pours me another one. Don't touch this one. Well, he gets a couple further down and down the hatch it goes. And again, Bob's, don't do it. Well, too late. I think that was two or three times. And then we all did it. We, we all ended up doing our shot at the same time. We all got our screeched in certificate. And we continued to party. And I think we were doing the song, I Knew the Bride, when she used to rock and roll. And I basically stripped down to, like, pretty much my underwear. Okay, I had my pants on still, but I think I was grinding on her and shit like that. 
And then I remember the next morning hearing LL Coolty tell me that she's sitting in the limo in her wedding dress. And they stopped at this little street vendor for food. And she got what the Newfies call a mess. I can't even explain to you what a Newfie mess is, but it is definitely a mess. If you don't know what a Newfie mess is, check it out. Basically, what I'm saying here is you have to go to Newfoundland. Newfoundland is absolutely freaking incredible. And when you go out there, you got to try the local beers. And if you are not a fan of Blue Star, pound sand. Because Blue Star is the best. And I don't think I have any listeners out there in Newfoundland. But if any of you out there have a connection to get me some Blue Star, hook a brother up. All right. And then we go back and somehow I ended up pretty much broken out of money. I actually think I still owe Fat Matt a little bit of money. But we ended up in another strip club our last night there in Newfoundland. Oh, no. Yeah, before we ended up at that other strip club. No. So the first one that I told you about was the champagne room. And there was definitely dirty sex in in the champagne room. And you didn't want it. But then there was one called Bubbles. And out here in Alberta, you can flick loonies at your strippers. And I know I got quite a few Americans that listen. Well, a loony is a $1 coin. And you can flick them at at the strippers and you win prizes. Well, me and Funk, we went up to get a bunch of loonies. And one of the bouncers caught it. And he realized what we were... He came right over and he's like, you boys are from Alberta, right? Yep. He says, well, you can't do that out here. It's not allowed. Oh, okay. Well, how do we tip the girls then? You just put what you want in front of you and they make their decision what they're going to do. Okay. Well, then we hit another strip club after we left that one and they told us that we could get a lap dance for I think it was $15 and no touchy but out here in Alberta there's no touchy anytime so me and Funk were like whatever that's cheaper than at home then the guy says but for 20 you can touch him anywhere but the coochie well let me tell you Funk started going fucking nuts on lap dances. He was grabbing handfuls of booby and handfuls of bum. And I don't think I did. I'm still staying standing behind the fact that I didn't. But I may have. I don't know. And then we came home and my girlfriend at the time, now wife, picked me up at the airport and... Yeah, drove me home. We stopped and had a quickie on the way home. <laughs> and apparently that's where my twins were conceived, was in the back of a vehicle on the highway. But I don't know, this was just kind of uh, an impromptu episode. I really wasn't planning on doing one here tonight, and I probably won't drop it till... Well, I'll probably drop it for Friday night because I am consistently inconsistent with when I drop my episodes and how long my episodes are and everything else. But the one thing I am consistent about is when I have 
a sponsor. They get their shout out, whether it's at the beginning, the end, or both. So, Dusty Shedwood Company, we are now November 1st. You have 15 more days on your trial. But like I said in the last episode, if we can get some kind of a giveaway for your customers, then we'll keep you going till the end of December, beginning of January. And I noticed on the Dusty Shedwood Company again, everybody, those uh, hook games that, that you have the the washer or keychain or whatever that you hook onto a hook off the center and you move your shot glasses. I noticed they got them on there. I think that would make a pretty cool Tales of a Messed Up Northern Boy and the Dusty Shed Wood Company combination gift for however the Dusty Shed would be willing to do that. I have to say I think it would be... A certain dollar amount you spend there would get you your would would get you your uh, name into the draw. This is kind of what I'm thinking. So get over there, check it out. Let them know that you would be interested in a trial, or not in a trial, in winning a prize from them, based on. A certain dollar amount, let's say for every $10 you spend, you get one entry into a name. Tell them that. Let's see how it goes. I know I've got listeners from Nova Scotia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, uh, Alberta, BC, all over down in the States. Uh, wow, do I ever have a lot of listeners from down in the States. One name that really pops out to me is Papa Large. Thanks. Keep your, uh, keep, keep sharing with everybody, you know, let's make this blow up down there in the States even bigger. For those of you that are up here in Canada, share, 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 share it on Facebook. I, I like it. I don't care. Subscribe, whatever. Get people listening. All right, we are all a little fucked up and a little messed up, but don't walk a mile in my shoes because that wouldn't impress me. Live 30 seconds in my head and you will understand why I am a messed up northern boy and these are my tales. Oh, and P.S. Go listen to Blue Collar Philosophers episode on baptism. It was released uh, the Wednesday before Halloween. You get to hear that I'm not, I haven't always been a shithead because it's going to be a while before I get to that on here. But they call me out. Love you guys.